Matchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Hello and welcome to Journeys in Faith here on Fiat Ministry Network. My name is Andy DeSantis. It's so great to be here with you this evening. And I have to admit to all of you, I'm extremely excited about tonight's show because this show is all about faith, and it's all about learning more about your faith with my guest, William Hemsworth. William is an author, a blogger, and a podcaster, and you can learn more about him at his website at williamhemsworth.com. William, thank you so much for joining us here on Fiat Ministry Network. It's my absolute pleasure to be here with you. Thanks for having me. And you are a very good friend, not only of this network, but also of another broadcaster that we're both very good friends with, and that is Patchwork Heart Ministry, our friend, Bill Snyder. Yes. I know that you've been a guest on his podcast before, and you are also the author and the uh, producer of a brand new series through Patreon, Discover Your Mission Through Patchwork Heart. And I know we're going to talk a lot about that this evening. And, uh, you know, I'll make an invitation to everyone to go check that out because yeah. there's a beautiful series on the Eucharist. So first, I want to invite everybody who's watching to share. If you're watching this on, on Fiat Ministry Network here live, please share it as a watch party because you want your friends to learn as much as they can about their faith through William and all the, the, the research that he's done because William wasn't originally Catholic, so we have so much to learn from him on this beautiful evening. So, William, thank you again. And I thought maybe we could start out with your own faith journey because I was listening to your journey on that Patreon series about the Eucharist through Patchwork Heart, and it is truly incredible what you've learned about your faith and how you made a decision an educated decision that you wanted to be Catholic. So please take us on that journey. Oh, absolutely. And again, I encourage everyone to check out that series. It was just such a fun series to do. But as you mentioned, Anne, I wasn't originally Catholic. Um, I 
the, I remember the first church going, going to was right down the street from where I grew up in La Puente, California. And it's called Sunset Wesleyan Church. And I'm still friends with many of the people I went to church with there. Uh, Pastor Alejo, someone who, you know, taught me how to love scripture, how to love Jesus. And just, I remember one of the meetings I had with them one time because I was hesitant about going into the military. He's like, you need to pray and just remember what God is telling you to do. And so that always stuck with me. And so, right, I wasn't originally Catholic. I grew up in the Wesleyan Church. And um, all through high school, I, I, went to, I was part of a campus life. I was youth group president. I was in the worship band, even though I can't sing whatsoever. No one wants to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, was really, I was really involved. And I, I joined the military when I was 18. I, be, I was a chaplain assistant. For whatever reason, I was felt to go into that occupation in the military. Now, it doesn't mean I was a chaplain, but my responsibility was to help the soldiers, whatever their religion was, to make sure they could practice it. And so it was here where I really got exposed to different world religions, um, you know, Islam, Catholicism, Judaism. And I remember working at my first mass. I was at Hunter Army Airfield in Georgia. And they had a mezzanine. And so that's where the sound system was. And I was going to work my first mass. And I had had, I didn't really have a lot of experience with mass, but I had a lot of those preconceptions. You know, like the Catholics don't read scripture, uh, priests don't preach. So I was like, okay, I'm going to check this out. I'm curious. And so, of course, there, the mass starts. There's the Old Testament reading, the responsorial psalm, the reading from the, the book of Romans, I believe it was. Then it was a reading from the gospel of Mark. I was like, wow, that's a lot of Bible. Wow, that's pretty amazing. That's pretty cool. I like that. And then the priest gets up. Chaplain Livingston, never forget it. He goes up and gives this 45-minute homily on the gospel of Mark, which is totally unheard of. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was a great homily. And so right there, I was like, okay, well, I, what I thought wasn't correct, but I kind of filed it away. I, was, I kind of filed it away. Now, as, as time goes on, I meet my wife. She's a cradle Catholic. And she's like, I really want to get married in the Catholic church. I'm like, oh, great. I'll just become Catholic. Like, like it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. But I, I went through, we went through RCIA uh, two times because there was a little annulment thing we had to iron out the first time around. And so I, be, I become, I become Catholic all the while, not really fully believing everything that the church may have believed. I was on board with most of it. One of the things I wasn't on board with um, was the Eucharist. I, di I didn't believe 100% in the church teaching about it, that being the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. And what I mentioned in that series, Anne, is that eventually, that even though I was still going to church with my wife, it led me to intellectually, at least, go another route. And so it was a it's a very interesting journey. And so when I tell it to people, they really don't believe me, but it's God's honest truth. So I'm, I'm researching, I'm studying, and I say, hey, um, there's this online program. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna join it and 
because I've always wanted to do a master's degree in religion. So it's like, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll get one in church history. I'm going to prove that the Catholic church, the early church wasn't really Catholic. Okay, so first course comes around and we're reading uh, the church fathers. Uh, start reading Justin Martyr, St. Justin Martyr, and read his account of the mass. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, so the memoirs from the apostles are read. Then the presider says something about it. Gifts are brought up. Wine and wine and wine and wine and bread are brought up. Prayers are said over them. And only those who believe it's the body and blood of Christ can participate in it. I was like, wow. What church is that? <laughs> so I remember sitting in church one Sunday with my wife and I'm like, oh my goodness. I think the look I have right now, this one, right? what I had then, <laughs> like it's playing out right in front of me. What was I thinking? Like, was I so blinded? And then I was like, okay, so that, so that was a big turning point for me. And then we get, we start reading St. Irenaeus against heresies. And for those that don't know, if you haven't read it, go read it. It's his whole book against the Gnostics. And in it, he uses the Eucharist as a point of contention between true Christians and those who are saying you need this secret knowledge for salvation that you, because they didn't believe that in the material, then any, they believe that anything material was bad. And so therefore the Eucharist was, wasn't necessarily a good thing, but Irenaeus is saying, no, it's the body and blood of Christ, but you can only receive it from someone who's in line of succession with the apostles. And of course, what do we find that today as well? We find it in the Catholic church. That's right. So I was like, whoa, okay. So here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so much to unpack. I mean, right. and this network here, we're at Fiat Ministry Network, where we say yes to Jesus Christ. We are a Catholic network and very proudly too. Um, but, but the heart of who we are, right, is the mass. Right. I mean, so for those who are watching or listening and maybe kind of, you know, not really enthusiastic about your faith. And I think we all go through those times, you know, that, that maybe we need to become more enthusiastic. Well, this is the place when you learn about the fact that Jesus Christ is truly present. And I know, William, that you did so much research and prayer to come to that place because you were not originally Catholic. And I know that you say on our commercial for Patrick Hart, you say that you came in kicking and screaming that you didn't want to be, you did not want to become Catholic. Right. Well, sometimes when we go off on, when we have a plan in place, something that we think we want to do, God has other plans. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. So I'm studying church history and I'm very glad. And don't get me wrong. Yes. My story has some ups and downs, some weaves in there but it all led me to where I'm at today. It gave me this great foundation to learn from that I could present to other people. And hopefully it comes across that. I know what I'm talking about and that I'm passionate about it because it's something that I lived. So when I come across people who are in that same situation, I can empathize with them more because I know a lot of people who became Catholic, who were pastors in other denominations, 
and they had to leave everything behind. They had to make that decision. Like you said, were they going to follow where Jesus was leading them or were they going to do their own thing? And in the end, that's kind of what's what I had to do. So I had to say, Lord, is this really where you want me to go? Because I don't want to go there. <laughs> that's right. That's um, right. And so he said, yes, this is where I want you to go. And so here I, here I am today and pray, praise God. Praise God for where I'm at today. That's a very short summary of kind of how that journey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I forgot to kind of read your little bio um, for those who are just kind of coming on now is that William is a convert to the Catholic faith and was ordained as a Protestant. He is an author, a blogger, and a podcaster who's passionate about passing on the faith. As you can already see, if you've been watching the show for the last 10 minutes, is that William is very passionate about his faith. Uh, and if you want to learn more about William, you go to williamhemsworth.com. So you are an author of so many books. I mean, I went online to Amazon and I noticed that if you go and you key in your name, William Hem Hemsworth, how many different books come up? So I know that you've done your research. A lot. Yes. Right. So a lot of them are a lot of them are more in the booklet form. They're very short. And I did that intentional, intentionally. Um, and I, I don't mean any offense by that. It just in our we're so busy today that we're so we're so strapped for time that I wanted something short, concrete. And that's really why I have the prices the way they are. They're all 99 cents. I'm not making much on those things, <laughs> but I just want the faith out there. I want people to, to have a resource and I, the bibliographies, I have all, all, everything's in there. As far as the bibliography goes, all the research is in there. Um, let's say in most of those books, especially in the Roman Canon one, the bibliography page is about two pages long. Cause I did that. That was going all the way from beginning of the church all the way up until now on on the Eucharist. So I was trying to compact as much as possible in that short amount of time. But yeah, I, I love to write. Um, I love to podcast. It's something that the Lord has blessed me with a passion with. And so anyway, I've had any way I could pass on the faith. That's what I'm about. I've just been really blessed that people some people have responded to my writing. And I've gotten emails from I got an email the other day from someone in San Diego who just came across my blog on the Eucharist, which is part of what I touched on in the series. I was like, wow, I just never thought about that before. I was like, wow, that, that stuff means so much to me to hear. Cause sometimes you, when you put stuff out online and you know, this being online, you hear the negative stuff pretty readily. Everyone wants to get on that negative bandwagon, but yes. when you hear something positive that just reaffirms what you're doing, it just gives you a whole other motivation. It gives you more energy just to go out. And yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you completely on that. Yeah. Okay. There we go. That's right. Yeah. Now, I know that for you to come to where you have gotten to, to this place, where who you are with us on this evening, 
talking about your faith, talking about the Catholic faith and the Eucharist and the fact that you were not originally Catholic and you didn't really have a desire to at the beginning, but God gave you that desire to learn more and to bring you to where you are right now. I know there's a lot more to your story. I wondered if for this half of the show, we could talk a little bit more about that pathway that led you to becoming Catholic and also really celebrating your faith and becoming an author and a podcaster. Well, sure. I remember one day sitting down and it goes back to what Pastor Leo told me back when I was 18 years old, like follow God's will, pray. So I sat down and prayed one day. I'm like, Lord, what church, what church did you start? And so I started researching. That's what led me on this path. And so, yeah, I had those presupp. believe how they taught especially in regard to the eucharist because the eucharist was something that the early church clung to so strongly just like we should today after all the catechism calls it the source and summit of our faith over the years people died for this for this and so in the course of my research yeah yeah the gnostics yeah the docetists but within the church itself this whole idea of the Eucharist being the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ was something that wasn't contested until about the ninth century. Is that right? So think about, I mean, think about that. Just 900 years within the church saying, okay, no, we believe this. We believe that the Eucharist is what Jesus says it was, his body and blood. And then there was a, a, a monk by the name of, of uh, Retramnus who wrote a book called On the Body and Blood of Christ, who said, no, Jesus is only present in a spiritual way. That was really the first, the first time within the church that it was disputed. And for me, that spoke volumes when I realized that. I mean, the stuff's out there, but the people, people like to focus on on the Gnostics, and don't get me wrong, we should, because the early church dealt with it in a strong way, and the Eucharist was a big point of contention to it. But within the church itself, 900 years. 900 it's a long years. time. <laughs> a long time. And in, in the course of history, yes, it's like a speck, but in this, in the within respect of Christian history, Christian Christianity has been around 2,000 years. Yeah. Well, that's truly amazing. Truly amazing. It really How many is. years? Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. So I know there's a lot more to it right. <laughs> because right. I, I listened to this series on discover your mission and learn so much. And like I told you at the beginning and those who are watching and listening that we'll learn more about that later. <laughs> Um, right. And there's a very thorough 
uh, study, which he will go over, William will go over with you. Um, so kind of, you know, as you were in the middle of that journey and as you were headed toward coming to the Catholic Church, what was that like for you as you were making those decisions? I know the Holy Spirit was at work. Right, absolutely. Well, as I said, in the point of my research, I just had to sit down like, Lord, okay, my objections are answered. And one of the last objections I had was to the assumption of Mary, which of course we just celebrated on the 15th of, mm -hmm. 15th of August. And I came across Scott Hahn's video and the Coming Home Network was very helpful in this regard as well. So shout out to them. But I came across Scott Hahn's video on the assumption. It was like he was talking to me. It's like every objection I had was like, bam, bam, bam. No, here it is. And it just came down to if Mary wasn't assumed, there would be this huge cathedral built over where her body is. But no church claims to have that. Uh, you said that, and I listened to it during the series, and I have never heard that before. But, you know, that will stick with me. There was nothing earthly that we could see as far as a grave, a tomb. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big thing. Right. I invite I mean, people to think about that. Right. I mean, there's a church that says, yes, this was her tomb, but there's no body. No body. And where the church where her body would be, think about how big St. Peter's Basilica is. How much bigger would the church be for the person who had Jesus in her womb? I can only imagine. Right. But isn't so, that proof? I mean, to me, that's big proof that of the right. assumption. And so when I heard this, I was like, it's so simple. Like, why was I fighting this for so long? It was like the Holy Spirit had this frying pan and was like, bang, like knocked me across the head with it because that was my last objection. And I came to the point of, you know, baptismal regeneration, the Eucharist, because it was so prevalent in church history. And then here was my last argument, the assumption but it was so simple and it's so attested to by the early church as well, her dormition, how she was taken up and no church claims to have her body. They, the, no, no church claims to have her body. That is incredible. And can't even imagine to contemplate that. Behold your mother. And they sent me Scott Hahn's book, Hail Holy Queen as well. And they said, hey, just, just read these, study these. And I'm reading these books. And then this video pops up out of nowhere in my YouTube feed. And at this point, I never really watched YouTube. Okay. <laughs> but somehow this video popped up. And so I was like, okay, what's this? This is interesting. This is kind of what I'm reading about here. I watched the video. And I believe it was a Friday night when I watched this video. Saturday afternoon, I go to the parish. I go to confession. I'm like, okay, I, I go to confession. I was like, I was stupid. I don't know why I fought this. <laughs> is that right? So. I'm That's sorry. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Something you're never going to forget. And I'm sure your family may not forget that never, one either. No, no, we'll never, we'll never ever forget that. And 
uh, yeah, I remember telling my wife and, you know, she's crying and she's like, oh, I've been praying. My mother-in-law, she's like, oh, I've been praying for this as well. Everyone had been praying. I had some people that were like, very, they were discouraging me and they had their own reasons. But I knew when I heard that last objection, I had already, I had already been fighting the Holy Spirit at this point. But with that last objection, it was time. It, it, it was, it was time. Was I going to follow what Jesus wanted me to do? Or was I going to go my own way? And so everything I had been taught growing up, do what Jesus is telling you to do, which is coincidentally what Mary tells us to do as well. In John chapter two, <laughs> do whatever okay. Jesus tells you. Yeah. So all, I, it all weaves together. It all weaves together. And I know that recently we were talking and you shared with me that you have a professional career. And then this is something that you've been doing for quite a while with your writing and your blogging. But you felt that the Lord had spoken to you that the direction of the evangelizing and of your continued writing and researching and spreading the gospel is something that you, you feel called to. I wondered if you could speak about that. Oh, absolutely. Well, over the last couple of years, it's something my wife and I have uh, talked about. You know, it just was one of those things with the time. Timing is everything. But now with this whole COVID thing, my wife went back to work in January. Um, we had the virtual learning for the kids. And out of nowhere, one night my wife was like, you know, it's time for you to do this full time. She's like, I'm comfortable with it now. And so I was like, oh, wow. And it's like, everything has just been lining up. Talk about the Holy Spirit working. Uh, it's, it's just amazing. I've been in the banking industry for fifth, almost 15 years. And so it's nothing, it, it's what I've known. It was my first job out of the military, basically. Okay. Here I am, giving up a, fairly, giving up a pretty successful career. And as my friend James says, shout out to James, who's probably watching right now. I'm gonna go full-time for Jesus. <laughs> and I'm so excited. I'm thrilled. Don't get me wrong. It's a little nerve wracking too, but God's got this. I know that in my heart. Uh, so I gave my notice August 3rd. I gave them 30 days notice. So September 3rd is my last day over at the bank. And everyone has been so supportive. I told my manager and he's like, wow. He's like, well, I'm so sorry to see you go but I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited that you're doing what you know God wants you to do. I wish I knew, he, and he tells me, I wish I knew what God wanted me to do. <laughs> no, no, but, it's so true. It's so true. I make a shout out for those who are watching or listening on the podcast to please pray for William and his family, please. because this is a big undertaking, but he's attempting to do what God is really leading him to do. And that's so important for all of us. So, you know, you have our prayers here at Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. And I know we have so much more to talk about. I will tell our viewers and listeners right now that something that you definitely want to check out is something called uh, Discover Your Mission series. And it's at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry. It's up on the screen right now. And it is a paid series, but what you're getting is a personal parish mission sent right to you that you can watch at any time permanently. You know, it's a permanent copy. It's a digital download 
that you can save and watch over and over again. And I could tell you this, I watched William's series on the Eucharist and I have been completely enriched and I know for sure that I'm going to listen to it again and share it with the rest of my family members. So William, thank you so much. And I know we're gonna talk a lot more about that in the second half. Now we do have to take a short break. So I invite everyone to come back, join us for the, the next half hour here at Journeys in Faith. Hi, my name is Ann DeSantis and I'm the director for the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family and Faith. You can learn about us on our website at nonatus.org. I'm here to tell you today about two great podcasts that I hope that you will tune in. The first Tuesday of every month at eight o'clock, we have a podcast specifically for Catholics affected by divorce. From eight to 9 p.m. Eastern, go to Philly Nonatus on YouTube to subscribe. In addition, we also have a podcast the last Thursday of every month. That's also at eight o'clock Eastern time for one hour. And that one is for families in crisis. We have some really great guests coming up soon. So hope to see you then. Please also consider the fact that you can make spiritual direction appointments with us, with our spiritual moderator. All you need to do is go to our website on the contact form and just reach out to us. We'd be happy to hear from you and look forward to setting up an appointment. So we'd love to connect with you. Please share this video and let people know that we're there for families affected by divorce and also families in crisis. Thank you. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. I can't even share with you how I was so rote in my faith and I was attending Mass, but I was not present. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. But, uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck rote in my faith. I did not want to become Catholic. I came into the church kicking and screaming. I even left for a period because I was like, I, I can't. All my plans that I had are gone now. So I tried to go back only, and that's only to come back later on because of the, ultimately because of the Eucharist. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. My husband comes home from work and I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, oh, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it, honey. You've been trying to quit, and you've been saying this and saying that, and I'm, a, you know, he his big line to me is, you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never follow through on them. And so this was week after week, month after month. He is looking at me like this is a miracle. There is no way that you, on your own, could have done this. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 through 21, St. Paul compares the sacrifice of the Christians to the sacrifice of Israel and then to the sacrifice of the pagans. Paul calls the chalice the blood of Christ and the bread as participation in the body of Christ and then warns his listeners that you cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons at the same time. So in other words, you need to decide what are you going to participate in? Are you going to participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice, which is in the Eucharist or not? Welcome back to Journeys in Faith here at Fiat Ministry Network. I invite you all also to like Fiat Ministry Network here on Facebook and also subscribe to Patchwork Heart Ministry. Uh, those two broadcasters are working in conjunction to bring you really good Catholic content. And that's why we're here this evening with William Hensworth, my guest here on Journeys in Faith. And I want to reintroduce him to you. He is a convert to the Catholic faith and was once ordained as a Protestant. He's an author, a blogger, a podcaster who's passionate about passing on the faith. So we've talked so much about your, your journey, William. I wondered if there was anything else you wanted to share before we really get into talking about this Discover Your Mission series and other things that you're doing right now. Honestly, all I, all I can say is the truth is out there. It really is. It's out there for the taking. The church isn't trying to hide anything. The church has all of its documents and everything available for free. If you don't believe what the church says about something, go find out. That's what I did. Go find out. The truth is out there. Are you willing to listen to the truth? I guess that's the question. <laughs> No, that's a good one. And it's a good point that you say that they're out there for free, because I know you can go to, I think it's Vatican.va. Right. I believe all the church documents are there for people who are questioning the Catholic faith. And, you know, we all have our ups and downs in our faith. But the one thing about the Catholic church is that it's not going to change. Right. Sure. I'm, yeah. I mean, it's been around for over 2000 years and it's not going anywhere, according to scripture. Maybe you right. could talk a little bit about that because I'm sure that was also part of what made you want really want to be Catholic is the fact that it is really truly unchanging. It's a rock. Well, exactly. You look around and look at all the all the different denominations out there. How many have changed their basic teaching on one thing or another over the years? I'm mean, just pick one. It doesn't matter which one. It could be the Anglican Church. They changed their stance on birth control in the 1930s. Some denominations recently are allowing uh, same-sex marriage, whatever the case is. But what church did Jesus establish? Jesus tells us in the Gospel of Matthew that he established a church. Which church, though? Was it the First Baptist down the street, First Presbyterian? Which one? There was a visible church that Jesus established for the world to 
transmit the gospel, transmit his teaching, wherever it may be. And so, yeah, in my own journey, where was this church? Was it in the Methodist church down the street, the Baptist church down the street? Where is it? Because Jesus, you know, Jesus says to Peter, upon this rock, I'll build my church on the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Again, where's this church? Hmm. And in my study, over the course of my conversion, that question was always in the back of my mind. And when it comes to the Eucharist, there's really no separation there. Because where you have the church that Jesus established, you're going to have the Eucharist. And you're going to have bishops in apostolic succession, like St. Irenaeus tells us, giving us that Eucharist. So like I said at the, at the top of the hour here, just a moment ago, the truth is out there. We're not hiding anything. You can go to Vatican.va, like you said, uh, New Advent, Catholic Answers. There's all kinds of free resources out there just to get the truth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, part of that could even come, you're mentioning these resources, but even you yourself at WilliamHemsworth.com, there's some good resources there too. So please do go because he's written some really wonderful books. And I was looking at your website and I'm just amazed. And I'm excited to read more because I listened to the entire Discover Your Mission series. And I want to tell people now that if you haven't signed up for this series yet, this is the time. You will be enriched. If you don't know as much about the Eucharist as you did, you know, before, you know, when you're finished listening to this, you're going to know so much more and it's going to make you want to go to mass even more so and receive Jesus because that Pew study that came out, the research study said that only uh, 70 or that 70% of Catholics think the Eucharist is a symbol. Can you talk about that? That's really the crux of the matter when it comes to the Eucharist and really our faith because the church teaches that the Eucharist is the body and blood of Christ through transubstantiation, through transubstantiation, excuse me, a lot of caffeine today, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Through I have my mispronunciations too sometimes. <laughs> I understand. Through that miracle that happens on the altar, the bread and wine are transformed. They still may appear as bread and wine, but now they're now the body and blood of Christ. And it all goes back to the Last Supper. What does Jesus say at the Last Supper? He raises up the bread. This is my body. Now, what does the word is mean? I know Bill Clinton made that whole thing famous in the 90s. Yes. What does, what does is mean? Well, does is mean that it's a symbol? Or does is mean that it is this? And during the course of my research, the word that Jesus used there is the Greek word esti, which means to be, is, to consist of. So Jesus says, this is my body. Not like, not symbolizes, this is. He does the same thing with the cup. We, we hear it on mass. When supper was ended, he took the cup. He said, this is the cup of my blood, the blood of the, blood of the new and everlasting covenant. You know, shed for, for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this in memory of me. He says, this is my blood. Again, he uses that verb. And that's really, that's it. Like I said, that's the crux of the matter. Either it is 
or it isn't. Either what Jesus said is what he meant or it didn't. And so what I set apart to do with what I, what I want, wanted to do with this series for Discover Your Mission was look deep into that. I looked within scripture. I looked within the early church. Okay, what did Jesus mean about this? And I looked at some examples in the Old and New Testaments about how Jesus, through typology, fulfilled what was done in the Old Testament regarding himself, like the manna in the desert in the book of Exodus. You know, the, the Israelites, they're rescued from slavery. And even though they're rescued from slavery, they're complaining because they're hungry. And so God is like, okay, well, every morning there's going to be this manna, this bread from heaven. Eat it. Be filled. What does Jesus do in John chapter 6? He says, I'm the true bread from heaven. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood will be raised up on the last day. He uses very strong language. And what I did as a Protestant is I would say, hey, hey, Jesus. Yeah, so much more to unpack. So much more to unpack, William. You are so right about this, about the Eucharist. And I invite people also to go to John chapter six and read about exactly what was happening there. And it all had to do with the Eucharist. So you'll learn more about that also on the Discover Your Mission series, which of course we've been talking about and is so amazing. It's at Discover Your Mission slash Patchwork Heart Ministry. So, truly amazing. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. You're taking a look for everyone who's watching right now. You're looking at the website there for the discover your mission series. And now there's different levels here. Uh, the basic level, it can go as low as only $5 a month. And that would be to get the five minutes of faith series. And that is actually an extension of this very program of Journeys in Faith, where we have five minutes of faith with the different guests that come on this show. And then there's other levels, of course, but leading to that higher level of the $25 a month, where you're going to get that series every single week, you are going to get the, or, or, or once a month, I should say, excuse me, uh, a special parish mission. And William Hensworth, my guest this evening, has done the, the series on the Eucharist. Again, I also invite everyone to go to his website at williamhemsworth.com. He's got a beautiful website where you can learn more about all the great things that he's doing. And as you can see, he's a blogger. There's a blog there on uh, trafficking, on, on human trafficking, and on faith, and all other things here having to do with the Blessed Mother, defending marriage, um, 
knowing your limits and grace. So please do go and check out all of the great blogs and, and writing that he has done. Um, it's just a beautiful series. And William is really truly a, a, a blessing for us to host on this, uh, on this show. Um, so we're looking forward to right now for him to come back if, he's, if he can. Um, but we're looking at that, at that beautiful website right now. And also a little bit of teaching there on the papacy on his website. So there's a picture there that I'm looking at of uh, Pope John Paul II. It says papacy and the primacy of Peter. There's so much there to learn because as a person who came from the Protestant church, one of the things that William had to really research and pray about was the papacy. I know that that's one of those uh, kind of objections that some people have to uh, coming to the Catholic faith. So, so grateful to him for that beautiful website of his and also for being a guest. And he's going to be coming back with us just in a minute or two to talk a little bit more about his mission and all the great things that he is doing. So I think he's back again with us. And we'll just wait momentarily. Hello, William, great to see you again. As we had slight technical difficulties, but he's back with us. And again, I invite everyone to please go to his website again and learn more at williamhemsworth.com. And there it is again. And I should also mention he has a YouTube channel where he's done videos on these very subjects having to do with faith and uh, biblical research, having to do with becoming Catholic, the Eucharist, Mary, the papacy, all those topics that people who are really researching being Catholic and wanting to be Catholic. So again, I thank him so much for being with us on this evening on Fiat Ministry Network and also on Patchwork Heart because we are on podcast too. Our podcast is on uh, Patchwork Heart. It's also on Podbean, TuneIn. I believe that sometimes we're on uh, Twitter Live too. That's a new one. And I invite everybody to connect with us in all the social media platforms at Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart. And also, I'm the director for a Catholic foundation that's called the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation. There it is. It's up on the screen. And we can be found at nonatus.org. Learn more about us and the great work that we are doing for families in crisis. Uh, that came up at the break where we help families also who are affected by divorce and separation. I just want to make a shout out. If you happen to know a friend of yours, a family member, that has uh, gone through some kind of marital issues to a point of either separation, divorce, annulment, please do check out our website because we do have some helpful resources there for people of faith. We certainly don't want anybody to leave the Catholic church, even if those issues happen. So uh, I think we have our friend William back with us again, as we've been talking about all these different websites and talking about also his own website at williamhemsworth.com and looking forward to that. So I'm just going to read off to some of William's books that he has that are available on Amazon. He's got the Roman canon, its theology and history, the biblical foundation for the Catholic faith, volume one, 
a closer walk, 40 days of short devotions to strengthen your faith. That's another one. Eucharist, Body and Blood, Christ or Symbol. That's another one of his books that's on Amazon. And another one, Faith and Reason, How the Two Work to Build a Dynamic Faith. So there's so much there. William talks a lot about the fact that the Eucharist is our source and summit of our faith. It really is. And it's a source of unity too. Now, if you decide that you'd like to be a patron of the Discover Your Mission series, it's very easy. All you need to do is go to patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry, and then you will be able to see those different levels. They're up on the screen now. Uh, there's a, a, seven, a $5 level, a $7 level, a $10 level, and then there's a $25 level to join. Now, to be able to watch that Eucharistic uh, show, having to do the three-part series, actually, I should call it, which is a parish mission, it's a download for you. It's a permanent copy that you can watch over and over again. And I mentioned at the beginning of the show that I watched it myself. I was so enriched listening to this program. I learned so much. And I'm happy that now I have a permanent copy of it too. So I recommend for you to do the same. If you really want to be on fire for your faith, if you want to know the facts about why we believe what we believe as Catholics and of the Eucharist, you know, the Eucharist really is the heart of, of all that we believe. Of course, there's a lot more to it than that, but it, it's really the heart of it. Thank you. Okay. All right. William, are you with us? I'm here. I'm here. Oh, it's great to have you back. I was just educating everyone on your website and uh, even on some of the, the work of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart, and even the foundation that I represent too, kind of told them a little bit about that. Now we're coming to about 10 minutes out. I wondered if we could spend the rest of the time of you really telling us more about this beautiful series on Discover Your Mission on, on patreon.com. Oh, absolutely. And I, I apologize to the, the viewers. We had a big monsoon storm here in Tucson last night. And it's knocked down the internet for part of the day and they're starting to have issues again. But Oh, this, that's fine. We understand. I was very thrilled when uh, I was asked to participate in the series just because the Eucharist, the research of the Eucharist was such a big part of why I became Catholic. And, and for me coming in as a Protestant, I needed to see it from scripture. Because some claim that the Eucharist isn't in scripture, but we see it all over the place. Um, the Last Supper accounts in Matthew chapter 26, Mark 14, Luke 22, and of course in John 13. And St. Paul writes about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And of course we have the Bread of Life discourse that we were discussing before my internet went out again in uh, John 6. And um, one of the things I cover in this series is the different Old Testament accounts and how they relate to the Eucharist. 
And I wanted to talk about that because I think a lot of Catholics maybe don't realize it. It isn't something that has popped up in the New Testament. It's something we can, we can, we can see the traces of it going all the way back, going all the way back to the beginning. And I know before I was talking about the manna in the desert in the book of Exodus and how the Israelites were slaves, they, they escaped and then they're hungry. And they started complaining to Moses and they said, hey, we're hungry, we, did you bring us out here to die? Fast forward over to John chapter six in the bread of life discourse and we see the correlations happen right away. So in John uh, chapter six, verse 32, Jesus tells the Jews that Moses was not the one that gave the bread from heaven, but the father gives them true bread from heaven. And I looked into the language a little bit. Jesus was using present tense verbs. He wasn't using past tense just to describe what Moses did. He was also describing what he was going to do and what he is doing. And so the, the Jews are longing for the bread that Jesus describes, because who wouldn't want bread that would make them live forever? I know I would. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah, yeah. the Eucharist, we have that for eternal life. In John 6.35, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And in, in John 6.41, the people, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they start to complain. Very similar to what the what they did in the book of Exodus. They started complaining to Moses in the book of Exodus. Here they're complaining to Jesus because Jesus says that he is the bread of life. But in uh, John 6, 41, again, and in Exodus 16, 2, they start complaining. They started complaining over something that they believed to be literal. You don't complain over something that's symbolic. If Jesus was being symbolic saying, Hey, eat my, eat my body, drink my blood. Oh, I just mean it as a symbol. It's okay if you disagree. No, that's not exactly, that's not what he says. He ups the ante. He ups the ante. There's and, so much to ahead. learn, isn't there? I mean, I know we only have five more minutes left with this show. I'm going to have to have you back again, <laughs> honestly. Uh, and, and also uh, have you on to our Sewing Hope podcast. And for those who are not familiar, that's a podcast that's held twice a week. It's on Tuesdays at 9 a.m., Thursdays, 6 p.m. at Patchwork Heart Ministry on YouTube. So please do check that out. Hey, it's even on Fiat Ministry Network. So you can watch it on Facebook and listen to the podcast there too. I'd love to have you as a guest there too, William, because I know we have a lot more to talk about on, on this topic. Now, as we're headed toward the end, and you know, all of us have been so through somewhat of a trial, haven't we, over the last five months or so with this pandemic and even with not being able to always get to mass every week. I know I'm, I'm in Pennsylvania and we do have Sunday and daily mass here. So it's just so great. So good to be back. Would you have any words of advice for those who are kind of struggling right now because they might be Catholic and they might be uh, a little bit sort of lukewarm about the Eucharist and maybe they've been away for, from going to church and not really thinking, you know, I really should go back. If I'm allowed to go back to mass, I should, because it's Jesus. Right. I, when I want to receive Jesus. So I wondered if you had anything to say about that. Right. Like, like you said, over the past few months, we've all gone 
we've all had some trying times. But I think this, this pandemic has shown us something. It's shown us that we've taken the Eucharist for granted. I really believe that. But when we realize it's Jesus, he never left us. Not only is he with us wherever we go, he's there physically in the tabernacle, in the church. He's there at mass. We can go up. We can receive him. He's never left. So the question is, have we left him? Because he hasn't gone anywhere. That's a better so question, encourage isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. He hasn't gone anywhere. It's we that leave him. So if you're out there and you question if what the church teaches about the Eucharist is the truth, check out the series. Check out my website. Check out all the work that Fiat is doing, Patchwork is doing, that Anne is doing, because the truth is out there. There's a biblical case for the Eucharist. And I, know I went over a couple key things. But I'll just say this. When, when, when the devil doesn't want us to hear something, he messes with us. And he's been messing with me today, especially with the internet. But <laughs> that's right. With, but the Eucharist is Jesus. If you love Jesus, you want the Eucharist. Maybe you find yourself being lukewarm about it, not sure about it. The Holy Spirit's going to tell you when you start researching the Eucharist, because the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's job is to lead us to heaven. And we get there through the Eucharist, through this bread from heaven that we're provided with. The, that nourishment for that gets us to eternal life gives us strength for the journey. And we need strength now more than ever. Look at all everything that we've gone through over the past five months. I'm glad to hear that you have daily mass and Sunday mass. My diocese here in Tucson recently reinstated Sunday mass a couple weeks ago. Daily mass is still not there, but there's still a lot of dioceses that don't have it. But Jesus has not left us. Jesus is still there with us. He's still leading us through he still wants us to receive him as often as possible and so if you're not able to physically receive him do so spiritually read scripture pray make that spiritual communion and eventually you're going to be able to physically receive again and just hang in there no that's good advice honestly you know what and when we're not with someone that we love when we get that opportunity again and when we're really reunited you know what joy what joy so i ask people to consider all that william has said and to check out his great resources really i mean that his website is truly amazing at williamhemsworth.com but most importantly if you want to learn about your faith i ask you and invite you to check out the series that we talked about where william has done a three-part series on the Eucharist. All you need to do as a, again is go to patreon.com slash patchwork heart ministry. It's the discover your mission series and it's the $25 a month level. Uh, it's worth every penny for what you're getting. And if you don't have a heart for you, the Eucharist right now, I think after you watch this, you will, I really do. So William, thank you so much for being a guest here at Fiat ministry network. You will have to be a guest again on Journeys in Faith. So do you have any final words before we end? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's really, really been a privilege 
Um, I, I truly, really truly mean that. But closing words, what Jesus said, Jesus meant what he said, and he said what he meant. He's the true bread from heaven. Praise he's the God. true bread. He's the true bread from heaven. It's not a symbolic thing. He really is. When we receive Jesus at when we receive the Eucharist at Holy Communion, we're receiving the creator of the universe. Wrap your mind around that. And I and I think you'll have a whole new appreciation and want to receive as often as you can. Praise the Lord. Thank you again, William. I have one more invitation. <laughs> we have another show that's called Five Minutes of Faith. It is at the Patreon site. So if you want to watch five more minutes where William will talk about three ways to grow in your faith, and you will have to go there to watch that show to patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry. It is part of that series, uh, one of the levels of the series that I talked about. So thank you again, everyone. Join us next Friday as my guest will be the producer of Fiat Ministry Network, Kent Kohoski. We'll see you then. I'm so sorry. <laughs>